Good morning. It is, um, it's good to be home. Um, we uh, moved in July of uh, this year to Beaumont, California, and um, we had been attending here since uh, uh, January 2010, and uh, uh, serving, uh, I uh, had pastored for 27 years, and then uh, uh, resigned from pastoring, knew that my assignment as a pastor of a church was had come to an end, and uh, in that process came to this church, and this became our home church. Uh, and um, I continued to, uh, uh, we lived in Lake Isabella, Kern River Valley, and I shifted over to working in the public school system as an educator slash administrator, and um, did that for from 2010 until uh, 2020 uh, in June, and um, uh, this was our home. And uh, part of being a, a pastor, in order to maintain your your license, uh, you have to have an appointment. And so, uh, after uh, resigning from the church, I pastored for 18 and a half years. Um, we began to serve here as assisting pastors on a voluntary basis. And uh, and then uh, Pastor Tom kind of looked at us because we lived in Kern River Valley, which was a distance of about an hour's drive. We functioned kind of as missionaries into the public school system in the Kern River Valley at, from Life Point. And uh, I've been so thankful to be able to call this place our home, our home church. We still see it as our home church. And um, uh, in the process that we, we went through, uh, God uh, opened up the doors for me to serve with this organization that you just saw a brief clip uh, on it called Child Help, which I had never heard about. And kind of my journey towards that, I want to share a little bit with you as a preface to the message I feel like God's given me for, for my, my home church, my family. Uh, because I do see myself, uh, and as Pastor Tom has recognized and shared with me, that he sees us as missionaries from Life Church, Life Point Church, uh, to child help and working with these children and the families uh, that we're able to be involved with. Um, I. Um, 2010, I knew my time as a pastor of a church had come to, my God had told us that your assignment is done. I have something new for you. I had no idea what that was, but I knew that God said, your assignment was done. I have something new for you. So I resigned. It was effective January, I think, 17th, 2010, not knowing where I would go, what I would be doing. Uh, and uh, then God opened the doors, kind of led the way to uh, going into the public school system and uh, serving there as an educator administrator. And I've done that for the last 10 years. In February of 2020, uh, I felt the Lord again speaking to my heart that my assignment as a public school administrator in the Kern River Valley was done. And so I submitted my resignation effective June of um, 2020, again, not knowing what, what, what was in store, what my next step was, and uh, where we would be going from there. 
we had to, we felt like we would be either in Kern County down here in Bakersfield or Beaumont, uh, California in Riverside County, which is where my youngest daughter and her husband were moving to. And so we wanted to be close to our kids. We have my oldest daughter lives here. My son lives in Lake Isabella and my youngest daughter now lives in Beaumont. And, uh, so I began to throw out applications. I thought, what I thought God had in store for us is that I would get another administrative position in the public school system here, uh, uh, either in Kern County or Riverside County. Um, and, um, and so February, I started throwing out applications just to see. Had a couple quick people interested, did some interview. Uh, and they were very uh, interested in me, but they wanted me to start right then. I didn't feel like I could break my contract that didn't end until June, and so I declined. And my mind thought, oh, this is going to be, oh, you know, I'm definitely going to be getting a job. Well, COVID hit in March, go on from there. I probably submitted uh, a 75 plus, probably more like 100 applications. Got a handful of interviews uh, in the... Um, well, Kern County didn't get any interviews. I submitted a number of applications. Riverside and San Bernardino County, I got uh, a, a couple, a few interviews, and but all rejection letters. Uh, there wasn't a place for me. And I, you know, come you know September, I'm thinking, what did I do? You know, uh, I, you know, I still felt like I was supposed to be working somehow involved in the in the, the public realm, in a setting where I could be working with people, but it's like there was nothing. And I felt like, did I make a mistake? Did I not hear the Lord in this? And uh, really struggled with it and, and really had to keep focused, keep bringing myself, you know, God has a plan for me, and I'm, I'm trusting Him. He knows exactly where I'm supposed to be and what I'm, what I'm going to do. And... Um, I even got to a point in, uh, in, towards the end of September, Amazon had just built a new facility right there in Beaumont, and they ha- were advertising. They have all kinds of uh, great opportunities and jobs, and I thought, well, maybe I can get on there, and I'll, I'll uh, move my way up and work in some kind of administrative position there. Maybe that's where God has me, working for a big company like that, and um uh, I applied and got immediately accepted and hired as an entry level, you know, 15 bucks an hour type of thing, an entry level job, which just down the street from Amazon is a McDonald's that you could work it for 15 bucks an hour. And, you know, I've got all this education and master's degrees and all that kind of stuff. And, but I thought, no, that's maybe this is what God has for me. <clears throat> and so I accepted, went through the training well, also in the midst of that, you know, I was putting out job applications everywhere. Um, I had uh, put out a, a job application of, of this place that I had never heard of before, child help, but they had an ad that said parent partner, and it was where you're going to work with helping reunite families, it, you know, getting kids connected with either a foster family or reunited with their biological family, and I thought, well, I'd like doing that, and so I threw an application out for that and really didn't hear anything. Um, got the offer for Amazon, took the position, went through the training. Uh, my first day was on a Thursday, 
and uh, it was entry level. So I was doing, I was working right alongside kids fresh out of high school, doing the kind of jobs they were doing. And uh, uh, my body was, was, I was struggling. You know, it's like, can I keep this kind of pace up? Can I do this? Can I be on my legs uh, all this time? And God, it, you, you, I need your grace. I need your help. I need your strength. And um, uh, earlier that week, uh, I think it was Tuesday, I'd also got a, a call from Child Help that said, um, uh, hey, we got your application for parent partner, but we were looking at your resume and uh, your qualifications, and we feel like you would be a better fit being uh, an assisting principal for our school. Um, and it's a non-public school, which I'd never heard of a non-public school. I'd never heard of child help other than that parent-partner job. And, and they said, would you be interested? I said, sure, I'd be interested. And um, anyway, they did an interview, I think the next day, a phone interview, did that. I went to work on Thursday at Amazon, my first official day on the job. Struggled through that day on the way home. I mean, I w my legs were hurting. I was thinking, God, can I do this, you know? Uh, w did I make a mistake? What's going on? Got home, got in my recliner, just sitting there, just kind of reminiscing, just getting a little kind of discouraged and just thinking. And then I got a phone call shortly after I sat down, and it was from Child Help, and they offered me the position. And so I was like, yay, God, you know, and I accepted the position, again, not knowing anything about them, and I accepted it. And that weekend began to use the internet, searched, watched every video, because you can find all kinds of stuff about child help on YouTube videos, and watched it, and I became so fascinated with the mission and how the history of the organization. I thought, God, is this what I've been waiting for? So anyway, I got, I was actually hired. My first day was October 16th, and... Um, I've been humbled. You're just seeing a little brief clip of the, the vastness of that organization and the work that they're doing in reaching children who have, who have experienced the worst that life can bring to them. The worst that life can bring to them from uh, abuse, sexual abuse, um, physical abuse, neglect um, it's it just hard to imagine the things that these kids have gone through um, there are statistics that show that between four and seven children a day die from abuse or neglect um, and that's only the, the, the statistics they suggest that 50 to 60 percent of, uh, of them aren't even reported and it's not recorded that their death really was tied to that but it wasn't recorded as a death that was tied to child abuse or neglect and, and, and you know and you're thinking five like four to seven and it's been on the rise the last few years it was up pretty high uh, a few years ago, then it began to drop in the last couple years up to, I think the statistics go up to 2019, it's beginning to climb back up. And uh, I think COVID-19 has a, is having a horrendous impact in this, this area uh, with the, 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 um, 
being at home and the, the families out without jobs, just the kind of tension that's in the home, stuff like that. There's just more of it going. But if you think five kids a day that die from neglect or child abuse, uh, that's 150 a month. If an airplane went down with 150 children on it every month, every month, we'd probably shut down the airline system until we figured out what the problem was to get it fixed. And that's part of what the mission of Child Help has been is there's a big problem out there, an epidemic out there of child abuse and neglect that they're trying to address to make sure that these kids are finding the, the help both physically, emotionally, socially, spiritually, uh, so that they can, uh, in, 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 in front of every building that's owned by Child Help, it says, all who enter here will find love. And uh, our mission is to uh, provide a place where they can get healing physically, emotionally, mentally, educationally. We want to keep them moving forward educationally and, and uh, spiritually. Uh, there's a chapel that, and a chaplain that's, uh, that serves them. And anyway, uh, and the, the facilities, are, the organization is geared towards prevention, intervention, um, and um, um, can they get the other thing, but, but uh, you know, providing treatment for these kids to, to bring healing to them and hope, restore hope in them because so many of them come, they've lost hope. You think of a six-year-old that's gone through the kind of abuse they've been through. Um, I listened to a, a young, a, she's in her 20s that had gone through the system um, and she had been at the, the village that I work at in Beaumont. It's a 123-acre campus that has uh, uh, some cottages where the kids stay. It has a little school site, uh, cafeteria. It's got a gymnasium, a pool, uh, a ranch, you know, for uh, some of the kind of animal therapy that they do with the kids. Uh, but she was telling her story. When she was, before she was... Um, she grew up in a home where her dad was in prison. Her mom was uh, schizophrenic, and she always grew up feeling like she was the reason her mom was sick. That's what her mom would say to her. That's how she felt. And so she was always trying to take care of her mom. Well, things got so bad that uh, right before she turned 10, they were going to remove her from the home and put her in the system. And she did not want that to happen, so she ran away. Um, she ran away to San Francisco. This is at 10 years old. And uh, on her own, lived on the streets in San Francisco, uh, was involved in um, sex trafficking. And uh, that's how she made her way. Uh, had a person that, you know, that where she lived. There's several kids at age that he used them like that. He profited over $100,000 a year on each child. A 10-year-old can bring them $100,000 a year. And that kind of stuff is going to imagine these kids in that kind of setting. We have the opportunity to, to, to serve them. God's given me a place there to be able to, to serve. And I just feel humbled uh, by that opportunity, um, wondering what does God have for me? And then to see 
what he's opened up for me. I'm just, I'm very thankful. And I'm thankful that I'm an extension of LifePoint and in, in reaching out uh, to these kids that come away. The facility has 84 residents and many of those kids are part of the school there. Some of them are able to make it in the school systems, the public schools around. Um, and, um, and then there's a, a lot of kids out that aren't residential, but they, the public schools aren't able to meet their needs and they send their kids for the school there. So we're serving kids from the public schools that need more support than they can get in the public school. And then we're serving kids that are also residents there uh, trying to bring healing and hope uh, to them uh, in a lot of different ways. I was thinking, you know, it's been the last few years I've been given the opportunity to speak at LifePoint uh, on the last Sunday of the year. I was looking back, and in 2018, I shared a message from Second um, Chronicles chapter 20 about the battle is the Lord's. And uh, in that, just talked about that oftentimes with things that we can face in our life. And at that time, I was dealing with a grandson that was dealing with a life-threatening disease that was fatal unless he got a bone marrow transplant. And uh, he had been battling it from birth. And so in the midst of that, the Lord really spoke to me that, the ba- that it's his battle. This battle's too big for you. The battle is mine. Don't worry. The battle is the Lord's. And so I embraced that, and I learned a lot of things through that, and I shared that at the end of 2018. The battle is the Lord's. Um, don't, be a, don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. The battle is the Lord. Against these vast armies that you're faced with, the battle is the Lord's. Uh, last year, uh, when I shared the last Sunday of 2019, I shared a message on David and Goliath and talked about that like God, God wanted to show us how to be giant slayers, that, uh, that we face giants in our life. And how do we slay those giants? And we just looked at David's life and, and began to draw some of the principles from his life on how to slay giants. We all face giants. We face things. A giant is basically something that's, it can be an addiction. It can be a situation, a problem that's bigger than us. It's bigger than us. And uh, how do you overcome that? We talked about giant slayers. This year, I felt like God wanted to show me, or wanted me to share this message. If you're going to experience all that God has in store for you in 2021, I mean, that's what I, I want to experience everything that God has for me. I wanted that last year. You know, I want that every year. God, what do you have for me? I want to experience and embrace everything you have for me. And uh, so that question, if you're going to experience everything that God has in store for you in 2021, what do you need to do? And there's three things that I'm going to share with you. I think you need to do these three things if you want to experience all that God has for you. And that is you, have, you want to see the promise, you want to see the giants, and you want to see the Lord. You want to see the, you see the promise, see the giants, and see, uh, see the Lord. And I'm drawing this message from Numbers chapter 13 and, and chapter 14. Um, in cha- uh, Numbers 
Well, look at Numbers chapter one, or chapter 13 and verse 1. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. That, this, that statement, I'm giving to the Israelites. This is where he's talking about the Israelites getting ready to go into the promised land. It is something that they have known for generations. God had promised the children of Israel that he had this land for them. And he had told them it was a land flowing with milk and honey. He, he had told them that for years, you know, to their ancestors. Uh, in in uh, Deuteronomy ver- chapter 1, you can see it in Genesis, Exodus. And in Deuteronomy chapter 1, it talks about this land flowing with milk and honey that he was going to give to them. And uh, so it says that here in, in chapter 1. And, uh, and then in uh, or, uh, chapter 13, verse 1, in verse 27, it says, They gave Moses this account. We went in the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. And here is the fruit. It's interesting to me, it's just a kind of a side note, that uh, why did they... Say, I, you know, I don't... God had already told them what this land looked like. He told them exactly what it was. He told them that there were giants in it. He told them that there was a land flowing with milk and honey, and he said, I'm giving it to you. But then he, he allows them to go and send out to go see it for themselves. And I think that's just God kind of... Sometimes you and I, we just need to see it for ourselves. We don't, we're not real good at going not by sight, you know, we, we want to see it. You know, God says it, but I want to see it. I want to I see what is it that you're going to do. Uh, and, and so sometimes he just gives us that opportunity of, of seeing it. And so he says, here's what I promised you, and I, I want you to go see it. Um, and so one of the, the first things I want to say to you, that God has a promise for you. He has a promise for each of us. And he wants you to see that promise it, it may be different for each one of us. You, you, the, the promise for your family, a promise for your marriage. It could be a promise for your future. It could be a promise for your health, you know, et cetera. There could be all, all kinds of things, but you want to find what is God's promise to you? What has he promised you? Throughout my, my life, uh, in my 40-plus my years of marriage and my children, there are different points where I knew God spoke a promise to to me and here's what you know here's what it's going to be and living that out seeing it it, it oftentimes didn't come immediately i remember uh early on in in the ministry where which was a major struggle for us financially we had a hard time making ends meet and uh didn't know where literally what were we going to eat where were we going to eat our next meal how were we going to pay rent uh, that was kind of an ongoing process for us in the early days of ministry. And, uh, but it was okay with us because we knew we were doing exactly what God wanted us to do. And so we, you know, we just kind of lived the day as God directed it. Well, we had a, 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 a minister come into our town. Uh, he's passed away now. He, I don't know if any of you know him, but his name was Dick Mills. And he was pretty... Uh, 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 he would go around and, and he'd, he'd speak prophetically to churches, to, uh, to people, and he'd speak words of prophecy to them. And he came to our town and he got my wife and I aside and he said, uh, he said, here, the Lord has a, a promise for you. 
you're, you're going to have, and it, it was much more involved, but the thing that's really, you're going to have steak on the plate and you're going to eat it too. You know, and, and you know, it, it just seemed weird to me. It's like, you know, that having steak in, in our house was like way beyond us. You know, financially, it wasn't even something we could would consider. It's kind of like, you know, big 50-pound bag of beans would, and a little bit of bread and butter would be what we, our meal would be, you know, going along that line. And so, but it's like, okay, that stuck with me. Um, now, it wasn't that important to me, but it's like God promised that. Well, I could say today that we definitely, last night we had steak on the plate and we ate it. And it was, um, and, and God has blessed us in abundant ways that we've been able to bless others. And, and he's taught us how to be generous with how, you know, how he su- uh, supports us. And, and so he's given us a promise. He's given me a promise in regards to ministry. He's given me promises in regards to my family. He's giving us, he gave us a promise in regards to our grandson as he walked through and, and that he did get a transplant uh, a bone marrow transplant, and it saved his life. And today's a healthy three-year-old boy that's just loving life. Uh, but get standing, you know, seeing a promise, and standing on that promise, and standing firm and trusting God. Uh, he wants each of us to embrace that. What is the promise God's giving you? Look for that. Look at His Word and find the promise He has for you for your marriage for your your future, whatever it is that you're, you're looking at, God has a promise for you. He wants to bless you abundantly. This has been a year that's instilled a lot of fear in people's lives, a lot of fear with the COVID-19 and all the different things that's happened there and some of the rise of violence and, and the political unrest and all the stuff that's going on. It can cause you to get very fearful what's going to happen. But I've chosen in the year 2020 to say, you know, where my focus is going to be on the favor of the Lord. He favors you. He favors me. He's pleased with you, and he wants to bless you. He wants to bring uh, blessing upon your, your life. And um, so stand firm and trust God. So the first thing is see the promise. The second one is see the giants. There are giants that surround us. Giants are basically things that are out of our control. They're, they're, they're bigger than us. It could be an addiction. It's like, you know, I have tried and tried, and I just cannot conquer this addiction. It, you know, it, it could be a, a, a job situation of your future. Your, uh, it could be a, a, a re- relational situation, but it's bigger than me. I've learned in my life that even as a pastor, I could do my very best I could do everything I could, but it was, it's never enough. Without God's help, I really have little to offer. We really don't have much without God's help. We could do our part, but if you don't have God's help in it, it's not going to be enough. And so there's giants in our life that are bigger than us. In, in Numbers 13, 20, it says, But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. Anak, the sins of Anak, they're basically giants. Uh, Goliath was a member of Anak, and, and Goliath was just a, about three inches under 10 feet tall. I have a hard time picturing what that looks like, but there were giants even uh, taller than that. Um, and then when you faced a giant, you didn't have a gun to shoot him. 
it was a hand-to-hand warfare. Uh, and, and so that could be very frightening. But he says, see the giant. See those things in your life that are so much bigger than you that you really don't have control. You can't fix them on your own no matter how hard you try, no matter how gifted you are, no matter how educated you are, no matter how spiritual you are, you don't have enough without God's help. God puts giants in our lives so we can discover that we need his help. I often, that's what I, when I see a giant, when I see something bigger than me, I, I immediately go to, this is to show me, I need God's help in this. I need him. I can't count on myself. I need God's help. God puts giants in our lives so we can discover we need his help. And the only way that you can really deal with a giant is with God's help. You know, David faced that giant. He faced it with a slingshot and a couple stones, five smooth stones. But without God's help, it wouldn't have accomplished much at all. But it's because it was with God's help that he's doing it. So giants, you have to see the giants to help us be that person that's saying, I need God's help. The battle is the Lord's. I need his help because I can't overcome this. I can't accomplish this without his help. So let when you see the giants, and there are a lot of giants in 2020, and I would say probably going to 2021, there are going to be giants that we face that we, we haven't even seen yet. What are we going to let those giants do? There's a uh, John Wayne quote. You want to hear a John Wayne quote? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I love uh, the movies of John Wayne and cowboy movies. Uh, but he says, Courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Being scared to death and saddling up anyway. The giants that we're facing, that we may be facing, can scare us to death, but I'm going to lean into them. I'm going to move into them because I know I have God's help. I know that God's going to, this is going to be his battle. And, um, and so that's what giants are. So you've got to see the giants. You've got to see the promise. And the third thing is to see the Lord. Um, says that Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. God had told them, here's what it is. They went... All 12 spies went into, the, went into that land, and all 12 of them saw the land. They all saw it. They saw what the land produced. In fact, they carried back uh, one branch of grapes on it, and it was so, so much fruit that they, two men had to carry it to come back. Walked over, 45, over 500 miles, uh, took 40 days of bringing this back uh, to the people and said, uh, so they all saw the land. They all saw what it was. It was flowing with milk and honey. All 12 spies saw the giants. They saw them, and it scared them to death. But only two of them saw the Lord. Joshua and Caleb, they saw the Lord. 
later on in Numbers, it refers to uh, Caleb being a, a man of a different spirit. And that's the kind of spirit I want to have. The kind of spirit that in the midst of something, I don't see just the land or the giants, but I see the Lord. And because I see the Lord, I have the courage to lean into it, to press into it, and possess what God has promised to give. If you focus on the giants, you're just going to be discouraged. You're going to be discouraged because it's too overwhelming. You have to see the Lord. You have to focus on the Lord. You see the giants only to turn you to looking to the Lord for help, and then you don't stay focused on the giants. You stay focused on the Lord. You see the Lord, and that will enable you to move. You know, in Ephesians 3.20, it, it talks about us that you can dream your wildest dream, and God will do immeasur- immeasurably more than your wildest imaginations. He can do more than that. In uh, 2 Corinthians 2.9, talks about, I hath not seen or ear heard nor in the thought of man what God has in store for us. So I want uh, today the message, I want you to understand God has a promise for you. His favor is on you. He wants to bless your life. You will face giants. And when you see those giants... Let them drive you to look to God for his help because his help will be there. And look to him. Look to the Lord. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed for the battle is the Lord's. And and allow the blessing of God, the favor of God to be upon your life as we walk through 2021. And that's the message I felt like God has asked me to share with you today and I don't know where you've, where you've, uh, how this message speaks to you, but I do believe that there's something in this for every one of us. But I want you to think about, you know, whatever the Lord's put on your heart, whatever you heard, and it may not even be something that I've actually said. It may be something that, in the list, as you're hearing, the Spirit of God spoke to your heart about something. I want you to embrace that. Let that be in your mind right now. And let's offer it up to God as I just say this prayer over you. Father God, I thank you. Lord, I'm humbled by you and your work in our lives. I'm humbled by being able to be a part of this family, this church, and to be sent from here to the mission field, to be sent from here to go out and reach and touch children's lives. Lord, I believe you have a promise for each one of us. Lord, I believe there's giants that surround, that are in this land that we're going into in 2021. And Lord, I believe you are here, present, and the battle is yours. And Lord, we commit ourselves in 2021 to see your promises, to see the giants only to drive us close to you and look to you for help, and above all, to see you at work in our lives Give us courage this year to lean into the giants that we face this year and to be able to see your favor upon us as we walk into 2021. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.